Okay, we're going to go another step into bound and determined. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul starts to talk. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a dead sacrifice. What? A living sacrifice. God has no need for dead people. Get that in your mind. He has no need for dead people. He needs living people, living examples, people that demonstrate the power of God. Are we straight on that? So he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, here's the key verse. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I titled this today, I Will Be a Transformer. Say that back to me. So he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we will either, <clears throat> we will either be deformed or we will perform in this present life. You say, well, I'm waiting to go to heaven to perform. Well, now it's too late. We need to perform now. We need to demonstrate now. The goodness of the Lord is for now. Everybody say now. So it's either I'm going to be deformed, which means the world has a way of taking me and twisting me. Has anybody gotten busy in life and know what life can do to you? It can really mess you up. One day you're well, one day you're moving, everything's great and grand. Business is off the charts. And then all of a sudden, life can do that to you. So I said, I will either be deformed or I'll perform. I'm going to choose to perform. So what do you mean? Deformed. That means I will be twisted in an unusable form or I will move as God has, he's developed me to be. He's created me to be. I will not be twisted into an unusable form, but into a form that God can use me. So when I looked at the word to perform, it means to begin and carry through to completion. Not only have we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only have we studied the word of God, but it's now time to not only hear it, but we need to perform it and what I just said here, we need to carry through into completion. Or we need to take action in accordance with the requirements of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we do those things because it's our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service. So I am bound and determined. How about you? I am bound and determined to be known as a transformer, not a deformer. I've heard a lot of people preach this message and they deform you instead of transform you. Amen. I'll come into a service and they'll, they'll, it will be mo- more of a downer than an upper. And I don't know about you, but the gospel is good news. It's not bad news. So I want to be lifted up, not, li- not put down. So I want to be known as a transformer. When people talk about me in, in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I want them to say, Bishop was a transformer. But not only me, I want to know that the church that I serve, that you're transformers. What is a transformer? 
It's one who changes a value to a greater value. Whatever the value is, I can take up any person in here. If you are a transformer, you'll take them to another level, another step. You'll help them along the way. Why do we need transformers then? Because we live in a time when we live in a throwaway society. Now, let me just touch on this. This came to me early this morning. But the problem is we are real quick to throw people away. If they don't look like we look or act like we, uh, like we think they should act or wear what we think they should wear or have what we think they should have, we throw them away. We discard them. Now, listen to me. So I started thinking about this morning. I started thinking about what we've done in our society. I wasn't planning on going in this direction, but this is the direction the Lord wanted me to go into. When I started thinking about our veterans that fought for our freedoms, they've given their lives, and yet we have forgotten them. And we've got to start caring for things that, that the world wants to throw away. You see, that's that deformed part. We just throw them away. We don't need them anymore. It's like you, you get into a marriage with somebody and they help you in life to get to a certain level. And then all of a sudden you make it and you divorce your spouse because you don't need them anymore. Oh, it's happened. Trust me. That's wrong. That's wrong. So I really feel for our veterans. They shouldn't be thrown away. I mean, I saw... I saw a veteran on the street the other day begging for money. Something's wrong. So then I looked at it again and I thought, well, what, who are we throwing away? The homeless. My God. On a single night in January 2020, this is the latest statistics. On a single night in January 2020, over 580,000 almost 581,000 people, about 18 of every 10,000 people in the United States were homeless. You don't think you have something to thank God for? These are people that have nothing. And I looked at those figures. They experienced homelessness, and this was across the United States of America. This was in 2020, and I know those figures have changed. So we've thrown them away. Just throwing them away. I saw a man sitting in the rain yesterday, sitting there with his little sign. And it, I understand there's gimmicks and tricks and charlatans, but there are some people that are homeless. They're sitting there in the rain. Why would you sit in the rain if you didn't have to with his little sign? Homeless. Need help. And I thought we'd throw people away so quick. I mean, I've watched them over the years. We throw people away. Pastors that's worked for congregations for for decades and they just when it's they get too old and they well they just throw them away that's wrong i'm never going to get old so it don't matter y'all can't get rid of me but then i started thinking went past the veterans and the homeless then i started looking and researching a little bit addicts we throw addicts away because they shouldn't be addicts but how many people know people don't want to be addicts <laughs> Nobody in their right mind says, when I grow up, I want to be an addict. In 2019, about, watch this. 
You don't think we need belief transformers? You don't think we need the gospel of Jesus Christ? In 2019, about 20 million people in the United States had a substance use disorder. 20 million. About 130 people in the U.S. die each day due to a fatal opiate overdose. From 1999 to 2019, nearly 500,000 Americans died due to opioid overdose. Yet our politicians go on and saying the things they say and doing the things they do, and nobody addresses any of these issues. But God said it's time to address these issues in the spirit. We need to get something accomplished in here in our hearts, in our lives. We need to start seeing these things. We need to start addressing these things. And I, can't, I don't know who I can attribute this statement to, but I'll, I'll read it anyway. As a Christian, I'm not interested in whether you've stood with the great. I'm interested in whether you've sat down with the broken. You want to know the heart of Jesus Christ? There it is right there. Because you can't outgrade him. Well, God, you don't understand. I sat with the president. Boy, you did a lot. Well, I sat with the governor. So what? You can't impress God. But what you can impress him with is when you do something you don't have to do when it comes to a throwaway person. Because I've helped people before that were throwaway people. People that were close to me said, leave them alone. They're no good. My father was, he said, he was in a general council one time, and this is the truth, I won't mention names. But they, they asked my daddy not to help this preacher. They'd thrown him away. But how many people know that one action doesn't throw away the whole pie? And my daddy said to them, in following the gospel of Jesus Christ, he, he said to the panel, what do you want me to do with this man? This is what they said. Let him go to hell. You wonder why I preach the way I preach? My daddy said, I can't do that. And he backed out of the denomination we were in. He himself left. And that man that he helped became one of the strongest ministers in the United States of America. Are you hearing me? The point I'm trying to make is don't throw away somebody. They're valuable in God's sight. They're so valuable. People that they overlook, you don't know what God has planned for them. So we need the power, the church, we do, individuals. We need the power of the living God living in us. Dwelling in us. We need to be what Jesus died for. If something I said today has not struck at your heart, it ought to. Because there's people today that are suffering. And you say, well, it's their own fault. The Bible says time and chance happens to us all. What if something happens to us? We need the power of God. The church should be known as a transforming power, not a deforming power. Why? Because we, in fact, are the, we're literally the breeding ground of, of the future of sons and daughters of God. People of the most high God, a place where authority is realized and is accessed. 
We need this authority. The church of the living God. Notice I said the church of the living God. The church of the living God is a place where the devil, the enemy of our soul, is defeated. Not just temporarily halted. He stopped. How many people want the enemy of your soul to be stopped? He said, well, I don't believe in the devil. Oh, really? Well, he believes in you. I don't want to temporarily haul him. I want him to be defeated. So when I speak of you in the church, I speak of a place where the word is sent out that brings change, that brings reformation, that brings transformation. A word that changes things, not just where we amen it. I don't need your amens. I need your action. And it's not only to heal individuals, but it's to heal nations. The Bible says in Psalms 107 verse 20, he sent his word. He sent his word and healed them. Let me say that again. Psalms 107 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, to me, this is real power. When God, his word, enters into a place and heals everybody there, delivers people from the destruction, that to me is real power. You see, I'm not just praying for headaches. I'm not just praying for headaches or backaches. I'm praying for heads of states, heads of nations, that they will be turned from their wicked ways and their destructive mechanisms. There's going to be a great change come on the planet if people don't wake up. Make no mistake of it. If we keep going the way we're going where people don't care and it's a throwaway society, it's going to get devastating. It's going to be devastating. Who causes this? Who is directing this this destructive mechanism? Ephesians 2.2. He said, where in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's the prince and the power of the air? Satan himself. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This prince that I speak of wants to reduce you. Now watch this. We're talking about you individually and the church. I'm talking about us being bound and determined. To get something accomplished. This prince that I'm speaking of wants to reduce you, the church, to praying and having faith for bills. The enemy wants to reduce us to just having faith to pay our bills. Oh, there's much more to it than this, friend. He wants us to be bound and determined to trivial things. That's the enemy. Why? Because it does not harm him. He doesn't care about that. Satan doesn't want us to stand our ground and take the dominion that God called us to take. So why am I bound and determined? I am looking for a group of people. Maybe it's sitting here today that are the same mindset to take back what the enemy has stolen. And in Proverbs it says... Whatever he's stolen, it's coming back six or seven times. 
But what has he taken from you? But if you have dominion as Bible teaches it, you don't have to worry about having things. You don't have to worry about having things if you take dominion. Because we will possess them already. That's why I say things do not move me. It's the kingdom I'm focused on. Kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. A verse we all quote. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. So when you're focused on the kingdom and his dominion and his rule and his reign, things are going to come to you because it's part of the word. That's what he said you'll have. So what are you trying to say? When nations bow their head, there will be an abundance. Problem is, most of us don't bow our head until there's a tragedy. But there's coming a day when we will bow our heads and we will give glory to God. And listen to this. This is important. Isaiah 45 verse 23 says this. And this is a promise. I have sworn by myself. This is God. I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Romans 14, 11. For as it is written, as I live, the Lord is speaking, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So whether you like it or not, it's coming. I believe we're going to have to wake up and shake up. And know that it's more than just a song and a dance and a sermon and a prayer. That God truly is looking for a people to invest his power in. Where they can do something. So you have to understand personal victories are great. In our jobs, in our healing. But as long as our enemy can keep us focused on ourselves. Our victories will be small. But when we start to believe for the whole, well, let's just say for cities, for states, for nations, then we will see the power of God flow like a mighty river. Because now we're starting to care what he cares for. 